So this is going to be episode 51, Tim. I, I just, I can't, I can't get over every time you say that. Every number. time you get on here, you get so excited. And you know what? I'm like a kid on Christmas to watch your face just smile because I'm like, okay, this podcast <laughs> is actually working. It's actually doing what it should be doing. It's so, all because we, we have, I mean, really, it's all because we have you. You stick it out. You do it. You're good at this. It's our community. Without our listeners, though, we wouldn't have a podcast. So really, I mean, you're, True. you can you can say all that you want, but I, I'm going to thank our listeners for listening to the podcast every week and downloading the show, leaving reviews, uh, sending messages, all of that. So who's on the show this week, Tim? Derek Shearer, um, who's an exciting guest, but we've, we've finally hooked up with him. And he has a fascinating story about addiction and cannabis. And I love stories like this, Chris, because they're, they focus on cannabis being an exit drug instead of a gateway drug, right? And that is, the science is bearing that out. We have patients that are bearing that out. This is a good episode to listen to for people who are seeking knowledge about the legitimacy of cannabis as, as something that can help people. Absolutely. No, I'm, I was really excited to talk to Derek. And then when I uh, listened back to this episode before publishing it here, I'm just like, wow, everybody's got to listen to this. This is a powerful episode. Yeah. So hopefully listen to the entire thing. Listen to it again. Share it with a friend. Share it with somebody who you might know is struggling with the mm -hmm. same thing. Absolutely. And uh, we'll publish this on utahmarijuana.org slash podcast, where we'll have a transcript and a summary episode 51 if you go if you look there all of our episodes there remember to if you want an update on the legislative session and what's happening in the cannabis industry episode 50 with rich oborn um, was last week which was a great episode so good yeah yeah i'm excited to uh, get into this with derek this is uh this is one that i i think people should listen to especially in utah this is a culture it's a culture breakdown right very cool. Yeah, let's get into this episode with Derek. Remember to subscribe to the uh, podcast in whatever app you listen to this in. We have a brand new episode comes out every Friday, 4.20 a.m. Let's get into that conversation with Derek. Thanks so much for listening. Here we go. Congrats to you guys on the one-year anniversary. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. It's yeah, been, that's uh, huge. It's been an interesting year. <laughs> it really, truly has. Yeah, it's 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 been nice to listen to. Like, I mean, especially through 2020. Um, you know what I mean? I fell back on your guys' podcast a lot just to kind of escape and, you know, hear other people's stories. So I'm loving That's it. That's cool. Honored to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm I'm hoping to find out your cannabis story and kind of how you got, um, you're currently a, a patient, a, a medical cannabis patient, but how did you get introduced to cannabis? Let's go back to like your beginning story, if you don't mind sharing that. I'm always curious, like the first time. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, mine uh, came a little bit later um, than most people. Um, I did smoke a joint with a couple of friends and when I was like 15 years old. Didn't really spark any interest, so no pun intended, but didn't really spark any interest to me um, and kind of passed it along. Um, 17 years old, revisited it and really, really fell in love. I mean, just with everything that it was, it was just a, I mean, it was just, I don't know, love at first puff. I guess you could say it just, I knew it was just something for me. Um, I've never really been a big drinker. You know, I've, uh, have a family that's got a lot of uh, alcoholism in it. 
like to have a beer here and there and everything, but it's not something I see my, I could do every day like a lot of other people do. So yeah, this was just something that was for me. I mean, and uh, yeah, 17. I know it's a lot older than a lot of other people you hear, you know, the 13-year-old, the 14-year-old stories and stuff, but quite a late bloomer. And uh, yeah, just really, really liked it uh, from the beginning. I just, I knew it was something that was for me, you know, and then I really kind of wanted to educate myself on it more. Um, I knew a lot of other people were just treating it kind of like a have fun party type vibe. I really kind of wanted to know more about it, you know, I mean, and this is back in 2002, 2003, and it's just evolved so much. And I just, I love learning more each and every day. Yeah. You grew up in Utah too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Born and, uh, born and raised here in Utah. So you said 17 is a late bloomer. Gosh, I was like 24 the first time I, oh, I really? smoked weed. I mean, oh. is 17 late? Is that considered late for people to consume? For the stories that I have, yeah. I mean, a lot of people that I talk to, um, they are really super young. I mean, I hear some people talking 10 years old, no 11 way. years old. I'm just like, wow. I'm thinking of what I was doing around those ages, and it wasn't even like a thought. You know what I mean? It wasn't a thought to me. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I just – I get a lot of – People saying that I was that late bloomer and they're like, wow, that's, you know, 17, that's pretty old. And It's kind of interesting that people have different, I mean, really it's the, is it the world we live in now, right? Chris, you and I and, and Derek, we kind of live in this world where everybody around us uses cannabis and, you know, it's, it's just part of our life. And so for you, Derek, to say, wow, 17 is kind of late. Well, in, in your world, I guess so. Right. Right. Yeah. And but what's what's quote unquote normal? That's a great you know, that is a great question. It really, truly is. I mean, I've I got kids myself, you know, so I I look at like what is a good age for anybody to partake in any kind of thing like this Um, and what is normal. You're right. I mean, because some other people see a younger version as normal where others see, you know, let your brain develop, obviously. (laughs) Right, but um, right. yeah, what is normal? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think gonna be in that. I'm gonna be in that crowd, Derek. <laughs> yeah, true, the, uh, true. You're 25. If right, my kids right. ever listen to this episode, yeah, you mine can too. try cannabis when you're 25. Exactly. Children, exactly. Okay, not before. Yep. Yeah, that's a great. <laughs> we let yeah. that frontal lobe my kids develop too. all yeah, the way. They'll hear it. <laughs> but there are there are plenty of people who need you know an endocannabinoid like stimulant. Oh, 100 you know, percent. Before that, so 100. So there are places for it before. You know, before f- you're fully a fully functional adult. Yeah, it does offer a lot. I mean, it offers so much. I like I mentioned, I educate myself so much and dive so deep into stories. Um, obviously, like I said, I have kids. I've been an advocate for cannabis for so long, and then I became a dad, and uh, now I see myself as a dad advocate. You know, like I, 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 I educate cool my word. kids. Yeah, yeah, I, I like to educate my kids too. I have a. Uh, a ten-year-old and a five-year-old. They both they know what daddy what he, what he does. You know they know what my passion is. They've sat down and watched you know stories. Charlotte's Web, um, the little girl mm-hmm. Charlotte's. Um, this new one that we just seen uh, that was called Waldo on Weed. Really touching little story. Also, um, six-month boy, a six-month-old child that uh, had uh, rare cancer in his eye, and parents picked up cannabis, CBD oil, and completely changed everything for this little boy. So where's that? You video are at? right. You know. It's uh, it's called Waldo on Weed. I seen it on uh, Amazon Prime. The name itself just kind of pulls you. You know, you see oh. you scrolling. 
across, right. you see Waldo on weed. It's like, oh, I got to check this out. And uh, I mean, it's just, it's a great story. I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I'm going to watch that after we're done here. Yeah, <laughs> just, it's amazing. Yeah, I think you've got, you know, when we talk about kids and stuff, I don't know if I can make a universal statement about this, but it, but I'm trying to organize my thoughts here around it because you have you have cannabis, mar- medical marijuana, you have alcohol, you have guns, you have sex, you know, all of these four things that we talk about with kids. And it does seem like in every case, more education and more openness leads to better choices in general, right? Absolutely. You hide the hide the booze from your kids. What do they do? They go try to find it. They drink. Hide the guns from your kids. You don't educate and educate them about them. You know they right. they go use them in bad ways. Yes. Same thing with medical cannabis, sex. Yes. Right. Utah classic for of course, that yeah, discussion. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, we can't so we can't teach kids about sex education in school. We have to teach them about abstinence. And what do we get? We get high pregnancy rates in teenage girls. Yes. Right. So because we don't know how to use protection. Right. Yeah. Right. So cannabis is the same kind of discussion, right? I mean, be open with, with your kids about cannabis in a good way. Maybe we should give me a good idea, Derek. Maybe we should write a book, a kid's book. What's in Grandma's Garden is a book. And, oh man, I love it. Grandma's Garden. I love that. Like, I Wait, and, is you that know, a real book? They, it really is. A, that's actually a real book. You can oh, go buy it, it on oh, Amazon. What's growing in Grandma's I Garden? A, I thought we had a deal. Working, and it's a right? it's a weed it's a it's a weed book. Oh, How I'm to teach your gonna... kids about <laughs> yeah about cannabis and uh, that's awesome. in, like, nice. in like a legitimate way. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna Amazon Prime that tonight and uh, gonna be on the next book list. When did cannabis come into your world, Derek? Like, when did you realize you could use it, like, at more me- on a medical level, more to help your body out instead of just recreationally? This, for me, um, I do fall victim to a lot of the um, what a lot of people here in Utah fell victim to a lot of the country in itself, um, the opioid epidemic. A while back, uh, a few years after high school, I'd say about 2006, 2007. Was, you know, running with some wrong crowds, fighting, doing some damage to my hand, broke my hand three times, shattered it, um, required surgery on it. It was too late. I had done too much damage to it. Typical story, doctor was just pumping me full and full of so much medication that I that I didn't need. I was going and filling my prescriptions at pharmacies and the pharmacist was asking me, you know, mind me asking what this is for? I'm telling him it's for my hand and the pharmacists themselves are telling me this is way too much for you. And I mean, younger kid right out of high school, I'm just like, I'm just taking what the doctor's prescribing me. Um, little did I know it was creating massive damage to my body, to, to everything. Um, I became so dependent on it that when the doctor was just like, oh, okay, um, this is the amount of time we're just going to take you off. There was no weaning off process. Um, my body became obviously, you know, went through withdrawals and had no idea. Like I, I, Never really been addicted to pills. I'd never known what that feeling was. Used cannabis recreational before that. It was really never too familiar with any other drugs um, besides alcohol. And didn't really know what that was doing. At a young age, I was scared. So I started looking for my medication elsewhere on the streets. And at that point, I wasn't even helping the pain. I was just helping the pain from the withdrawals by seeking medication through the streets and everything. So... Um, and that's had turned into a quite lengthy addiction. Um, how long ago was this for you? 
So this was 2007 um, when I had got the on the pills um, for the second time. I'd seen two different doctors uh, from two different breaks and shatters in my hand. Um, the second one is when it just cranked up. I mean, the first one I was on like some Percocet, some low end stuff. Second one, it was Oxycontin 80s and it just got out of hand. And from about 2007 till about four years ago, <laughs> I've been yeah off everything opiates clean for four years, all thanks to cannabis. It went, it just went downhill and I seen things in that time and went through things. That it was just no person to go through. I mean, it was losing at least two to three friends every six to seven months it felt like all to overdoses all to overdoses um i became numb to it i had not lost a, a family member i mean until i was like 26 but in that 26 years i had lost at least 15 friends during that time um in just a short period of time all to overdoses my parents they i mean my dad still talks about it to this day that you know i've my friends have set a record for, you know, just bodies just going down on all to opiates. And, uh, yeah, it just, cannabis was something that I had, had obviously used before. Um, it's something that I used obviously just recreationally. Um, like I mentioned, I tried to educate myself on the benefits of it before, but never really knew the medical standpoint until I gave myself an option to, to look for other ways to get off this medication. Um, I did do the typical um, rehab. I went to rehab. Um, that didn't work. I was doing Suboxins, Methadone, terrified of that. Um, I know that they have the programs. I know it works for some people, but that stuff's just as hard to come off of as opiates are. And um, I think any person that's on it right now can tell me that's the truth too. So cannabis was something that I really took a shot at. Um, I had tried so many different things, the Suboxins, the rehabs and just told myself I'm going to have this pain like the doctor said I'll have this pain in my hand the rest of my life it's just plain and simple and I mean the winter time it gets even worse Utah's can be winter in March or winter in April so it's really hit and miss but uh yeah cannabis really stepped up for me um saved my life I truly believe it's and I owe it all to it I mean it's I, I educate a lot of other people that there's other options out there and this is just I feel like the best alternative for anybody that's looking um, to get off opiates. How did you switch from opioids to cannabis? Like it sounds like you've been a cannabis user for a while, right? Right. And and that's always been part of the equation. Yeah. But at some point there was this there was this idea that look, I've I've got to I've got to get serious about getting off the opioids. I've got to get serious about using something else or like what does that look like? glad you asked it. And by all means, I'm not ashamed of anything. Um, I mean, there's, I'm not here to glorify anything. Um, the glory for my story comes from me getting out of it, plain and simple. I tell this story to a lot of people because they ask, just like you did, how did you do it? Um, I mean, I was so deep, had tried so many different things and what was the wake up call? Um, I had switched from Oxycontins, um, just like a lot of other people, to opiates, to, to heroin was using intravenously IVs, um, shooting up and everything. And just this one day, it was, it was just the weirdest thing. I mean, I don't, I don't, I still don't know what it was. Um, I tell a lot of people this, they have their own thoughts on what it was. As I was ready to use again, I was just sitting there and do you guys kind of know the feeling like if you stand up too fast, you get like tingly in your body? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so I was sitting down, it was completely fine, everything, not withdrawing or anything, and I could just feel that feeling going from my forehead all the way down my body, just this tingle feeling, and it was like a snap of reality, and I just remember asking myself, is this it? Is this what you want to do the rest of your life? Is this it for you? And I said, absolutely not. I broke my needle off, threw it in the garbage, picked up some cannabis, and told myself, I am going to beat this. I'm going to get through this. I told my mental states that it needs to take a back seat because I know a lot of it's mental when you're trying to get off opiates. A lot of it's obviously physical as well, but I truly believe if you can overcome the mental state, you can fight fight the hell out of it, and uh, I chose to. And through the withdrawals, through the pain that I was suffering, cannabis was the thing. I mean I could – I had my humor back. I was eating. I was sleeping. All of the things that a lot of these doctors can prescribe you, but there was no side effects from it. You know what I mean? There was really – the side effects were hungry, happy, sleepy, all things that I could deal with, all things that were just perfectly right up my alley. So yeah, that was four years ago, um, 2016, uh, November of 2016, uh, November 27th, and haven't looked back since. And cannabis has been not only the thing for me, it's I tell I've helped a lot of other friends that have been in need. Um, I know a lot of people see me and they're like, wow, you know, he did it. And they have questions. And that's the only answer I can give them. I don't know what else it was. I don't, I don't know if I would have made it without it. I, I truly, truly don't. Tell me why the – why do people go to heroin from the pills? What's the how, – how does that happen? That transition came, honestly. Um, I can almost remember the day. I, just, I mean it's – Oxycontin really took off. Um, I can't remember around the what year it was, but uh, – it really took off and was just creating damage everywhere. I mean, I mean, all over from every corner of the country. And I remember when they took it off the shelves and the company just said, we're done with this. And they were like, I mean, it was like Willy Wonka's golden ticket. Nobody could find them and everything like that. So that was a huge transition for everybody is that like that became unavailable. So somebody else just said, hey, I have this other thing cheaper and just as strong. And so once that, you know, settles in, it's just off to the races with that. I've heard that the same thing. It's, truly it's actually, it's actually, it's actually just cheaper. Yeah. Oh yeah. In a lot completely. of ways too. It's like, completely. it's easier to get in some ways and it's, and it's just plain cheaper. You can't afford the pills. Yeah. So you, you got to switch to, you got to switch to heroin. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's dangerous. I mean, but even more now though, with the fentanyl that's came in, I mean, I'm just, so glad I got out when I did. It's it's a blessing. It's interesting too how people can label uh, marijuana as a gateway drug when you're you're using it to get off of drugs. It's like how it's does, an exit. Yeah, yeah it's an exit. Like, it truly uh, is. Why why can't we get people thinking that way? I guess you know I, I I've thought that for the longest time, and I mean I, you know you when you have one of those ideas, and then you're just like this is such a great idea, and then you go to look it up, or you don't even go to look it up, and then you just see your idea. Um, they have a facility. I've always thought that, you know, for these drug and rehab facilities that they're giving people, they give people methadone, suboxins to help them detox. I've Mm -hmm. always thought, why has no one ever tried cannabis to give these patients? There's a place in, I believe it's California called THC, the Heavenly Center. Um, a music producer, Scott Storch, um, helped fund it and everything. And they use specific cannabis to get people off. Matter of fact, I just seen today there's a um, center here in Utah that I believe is doing that now. 
that is uh, introducing medical cannabis to people who are trying to get off opiates. So it's it's amazing to see that people are taking a shot at it because I truly haven't seen it fail. I mean, I'm a person that's speaking, you know, the truth from it. And anybody else who has kind of taken my advice, um, they're right here with me. And, and it's a blessing to see. I, I Every time that I can see how it can heal anybody, it just, it warms my heart. I mean, it truly, truly does. What's the difference between the the high associated with opioids or, or heroin and the feeling of cannabis? Because I've talked to some people who've come off of alcohol, right? And they'll say, well, you know, I still get that craving and it's different. It's not the same relief as the alcohol yes. is. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like that's, how does that work with cannabis and opioids or cannabis and heroin? Yeah, it's a good question. I honestly, I mean, for the longest time, and this is probably true for a lot of users, you don't really, you, I was never really getting high in the end. I was just getting by and I was just getting better. Like I just, I never, a lot of addicts would chase that high. I never wanted to chase it too much because that's how you overdose. <laughs> I mean, you can overdose off of a small amount, but a lot of people would chase it so much and push the limit. It was just kind of to get by for me. I mean, it was really not necessarily taking away any pain. It wasn't giving too much euphoria. But I do remember smoking cannabis while I was like in the midst of an addiction, while I was in the middle of it. And just kind of to quote Bob Marley on it, and when they, he says, you know, the, the cannabis helps reveal you to yourself. I remember smoking while I was just got done getting high off opiates, smoking uh, some cannabis and thinking to myself, why am I doing this? Why am I using these opiates? Like I would literally have conversations with myself and think, this is so stupid. And I was so close to like, uh, those were the close times that I had to full on stopping and quitting. So I knew that when I was like, when I had that, you know, that kind of rollover and just said, Hey, is this it for you? I knew that, Hey, every single time before you smoked, you would always ask yourself, you know, you really got back to you. And that's, that was the truth. So there was really not much more of a difference. I would say credit definitely would go to cannabis. Um, I mean, it would obviously get you high, but it wouldn't, to me, it was just more of a spiritual type thing. You know, it was, it was more of, this is real. This is safe. This is, there's more of that like hug kind of high more than that. Like, like you're just out of it kind of high. You know, I just, I felt the embrace every single time but sometimes the opioids were just kind of – the opioids were really too strong in the moment. But since then, yeah, I mean it's – like I said, it's a blessing. It truly is. Now that you know what this process looked like for you, I mean think about like all of the knowledge of cannabis, right? You've – you started when you're 17. You're, you're in your mid-30s now. Yeah. You've come a long ways, right? You've, you've learned so much about cannabis could you design a program better now to get somebody like you? Like, could you go back to you and be like, hey, four years ago, you'd be like, hey, man, Derek, you know what? You're using this strain. No, no, no. You need to be using this in the morning. You need to be using this at night. You need to be using this tincture here. What's that look like now that you know? Now that I know, I just I, I just want to know more. I truly, truly do. I, I believe I've become such an advocate and such a a promoter for this that 
a lot of people around me that talk about different things that's whether it be neuropathy whether it be diabetes whether it be pain whether it be anxiety i feel like i am starting to educate other people on what's hey you know this is what you need hey maybe you need cbd you don't need thc maybe you need some cbg you know what i mean for inflammation there's a lot of different things so I'm more trying to create this kind of program for myself to help others um, to really kind of pass the message of cannabis on, not only just for myself, for the loved ones around me, but for my kids. I mean, I truly like what we were talking about in the beginning. What is normal for a child to start taking something like this? You know, I I can see my kids taking CBD at a very young age, um, given that if they need it, Um, there's just a lot of options outside of big pharma. Um, that people need to take a look at and they don't need to see this as a last resort. It's very tough for me to hear when people are suffering through certain things that they say, um, we don't have any other choice, so we're going to try this. Um, this is our last resort, so we're going to try cannabis. It's it's tough to hear. It's also good that they're giving it a shot, but this needs to be the very – this needs to be the, for, the front line. I mean it really needs Top to be the Top three instead of the, the bottom. Hands down. Right. <laughs> what's your favorite way to uh, consume cannabis? Like what's your favorite uh, way there? You know, I've always been into kind of the art form of a lot of different things. Um, I used to roll sushi and everything like that. So um, I like to, I, I mean, rolling joints was a thing of mine. I mean, it's for me and my friends in the past, we just tried to roll the best and everything. Um, I really do enjoy the vaping now. Um, I've given, I mean, that to me back then it was when somebody had a vape, it's like, no, what are you talking about? But um, there's so many benefits from it, um, from the vaping. Edibles, I've really tried to train my body on them, <laughs> more or less. Um, I'm understanding a lot about how they work um, with metabolism, with lots of different things that you eat. Um, so that's interesting to, to start um, kind of working out the doses on that. But I mean, just really all things. It, it's just, there's so many different things that work on so many different levels. But uh, yeah, for me, I just, I love the taste of the flower. I'm just, I'm a flower child at heart, really. I love the, where cannabis is going, extracts, tinctures. I love where it's going, but more kind of the, you know, the old school flower child. Yeah, there's something about it, Chris. There's something about there's something about the flower. Just that right? little stickiness and just that it is. It's, right. it's that experience. The beauty, the yeah. beauty of it. Is, right? I mean, there's there's that, so much. There's that experience of of grinding it, of rolling it, of, right, of, right. or of putting it in the vape if that's the way you consume it. True. I mean, certainly there's there's a lot of people who still smoke it in Utah, even though it's really outlawed, but yeah, that's that's the thing. Would you want to grow it? You know, that's yeah. It's always been a dream of mine. It really has, and I mean, especially with what I've kind of been talking about, is you know, offering this as another alternative. I would love to figure out the perfect. I know there's great strains out there for people that are coming off of uh, opiates, but just one that's just going to be the end all be all that you know a lot of other people can say this is going to be the one you're coming off of opiates no not suboxone not methadone it's this particular strain so yeah it is that something. is a high goal that's it, it a really, really is. cool project though yeah it, it really right? is the right ratio of cannabinoids right even down to that where you're where you're going okay maybe we don't need a 30% thc strain we need a yeah, yeah. 12% we need high cbd high we need, cbd yeah uh, you know we need that um yeah that anti anxiety the, the lines of the acdc strain i know that that's a kind of a one to one strain that's kind of rare out there um 
with yeah, higher never CBD. Even, I mean, I've never seen it. Right. Yeah. Know, and I you mean, don't, and you don't, I mean, a right? lot of people are just looking at high THC. They just want them 30 percenters and there's more benefits in, you know, CBD, CBG, CBN, so many different things that people need to take a look at. I know it's always interesting uh, in a lot of the uh, online forums, people get so bent out of shape about oh, low THC, the, 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 the flower in Utah is just too low. And I'm just like, I don't know. It's, you know, it's, it's not all that bad. you know, you know, we had some, we had some discussions today with justice uh, grown and, you know, they're, they were, they're talking about this program is a real medical, this is a really medical program and medical programs they are, they're not the same as adult use programs. We not don't have, we are not going to have the same products that they have in Colorado. We're just not. They just need to bring and that that's price a, down though. That's yeah. That's hard to keep it as a medical thing. Cause it's like ugh, people can't even afford it. Yeah. I feel yeah. real bad for a lot of the indigent patients out there that, I mean, some of these prices, man, I mean, I, I work and I have kids and everything like that. And my, you know, my <laughs> dispensary buys just are, just enough but yeah a lot of it is it is high i'm just thankful it's here i truly am i remember watching when prop 2 was getting passed i literally was up refreshing my phone all through the night all through the night like come on come on come on come on and bless that it's here i know it's gonna Mm -hmm. i mean there's a lot of kinks in the in the system and in the program right now but uh i'm very hopeful that they're gonna get it worked out i think it's uh I think it's just going to get better, but, uh, yeah, prices, <laughs> it would be great. I mean, and I was really looking forward to, I mean, if patients were able to grow, cause that is just a huge thing. I mean, I heard your guys is uh, Bob Waters episode. I mean, shout out to Bob Waters. That thing, that was amazing. I would love to get in touch with him. So if we can link that yeah, up. Bob, I, mean, that was- I mean, that's he, but he brings up a good point, right? It's $24,000 for his, for his medicine per year. Right? And it's not covered by insurance. And, you know, it's like 20 bucks to grow his medicine. Yeah. And I thought about that, that 24,000 and it just made me think like, wow, how much is mine? You know, like it, it that number just kind of put out there like, wow, sure. his is a lot, but some are probably a lot more, um, but oh, it's still just sure. a lot of money. I mean, in itself. And people are going to look at that and they're going to say, well, I mean, it's just like a, it's like a bad habit, right? It's, they're going to compare it to smoking cigarettes, well, if you quit smoking cigarettes, you'll save all this money. That's different, right? It's Completely medicine. Different. It's not. Yeah. It's not the same thing, right? It is right. We have we have people with chronic pain that require this substance, yeah. and we subsidize that with insurance for all other medications, right? But we have no way of subsidizing it for cannabis, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's just amazing. I mean, if people were able to grow it, I think it would just, it's so much more of a benefit. Just, I mean, just being around the plant. I'm sure you guys have felt, you know, the change and just being around the plant, you know, you just feel a difference and everything. But yeah, just, I mean, it's medicine. And if a person can grow their own medicine, like, why not? You know what I mean? Like, I wish diabetics could make their own insulin. You know, that would be amazing. Like, there's just certain things. It's like, why restrict those things? But again, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of uh, yeah. We're not. Yeah, I mean, we're not the, we're not the people who make the rules. We, yeah. We've got to live by Hopefully. those rules. <laughs> Hopefully, one day here in Utah, they'll at least allow the people that are way out in the boonies. You know, allow them to yeah. at least grow. Yeah, yeah and I, nice. you know, and I, I think it's my understanding there's going to be another uh, retail license 
that right. gets uh, that gets out there, and that's supposed to be designed for the rural market, so that there's more access in those parts of the state that really have had a hard time with access so far. Yeah, because if you look at you know if you look at where you've got to travel to anywhere south of Provo, you got to go to Provo. You got to go to Deseret Wellness. Mm-hmm. You know there isn't anybody south of there. Yeah, uh, there will be, but still, man, it's a long time coming. Yeah, it's been, I mean, the program's been up for a little over a year now, and it's, yeah, all those patients down there, I mean, it's, you're pretty much forcing them to cross state lines, and it's a terrible thing, I mean, it's a terrible thing, you know, you think of all these people that have never broken a law in their lives, willing to risk their lives to go get their medicine across state lines because they have no other way, I mean, that's a terrifying thing to think of, you know? (laughs) Sure. And this is legitimate, right? I mean, you talk about coming off of opioids and I can talk about, you know, 70% of my patients are reducing their other medications by using cannabis as a, as an adjunct, as an addition to their medications. That's a big deal. Yeah. You know, we want more of that data. We want to drill down on that, but that's a huge number. Completely. Seven out of ten people using less other medications, whether that's alcohol, opioids, sleep, Ambien, with less long-term side effects in most cases than the other harsh harsh medication. But then again, the issue is price. You know, you've got to go buy it on your own. Yeah. You can't even use tax-deductible funds like your health savings account to go buy it. Uh, yeah, little things like that that would really step up and make a big difference. I mean, yeah, and people are going to have to start looking at this. I know probably medications are a little bit cheaper. Yes, you can use your insurance, but uh, 2020 itself, I can see a lot of mental illness coming out from that year alone and people requiring cannabis. You know, it's that was a tough year for everybody. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody should have <laughs> got a qualifying uh, condition card <laughs> just that year alone, just to help us right? through like, it. I mean, if you survive 2020, yes, you qualify. Yes. That should have been in the legislature. <laughs> completely. I mean, and it's just, I love it. yeah. It, the it 2020 really, qualifier. Yeah, it, it should be. It should be a qualifier for everybody because – yeah, it's it's just it's something that people really need to open their eyes on. I mean, it's just not it's not the taboo dope that it used to be before. And I know that people used to throw that a word around and call cannabis dope, and that's probably one of the biggest pet peeves of mine. It's not. It's so much more. Um, and you know, it, it's it's on its way. I, I I'm happy to see it. Um, always happy to share my story with anybody. And I mean, anybody who's suffering, who hears this or anything like that they can feel free to reach out to me because I'm always, always there to talk. But uh, just like I tell everybody, I'm in it as much as you are, you know, I'll help you as much as you're willing to help yourself because it has to come from within. I mean, a lot of people are scared, but there's, there's better options for everybody. And this was the one for me that completely saved my life. What about your family and friends? I mean, are they pretty supportive of you using cannabis or or do you kind of keep it hush hush? (laughs) You know, great question. My, uh, my mom and dad, um, bless their hearts for going through what they went through and everything. Um, it's something no parent should have to go through. Having a uh, child as an addict, it's it's terrible. But uh, we made it through it. And uh, they're huge, huge supporters. Um, my mom was really, you know, the it's drugs. She's she's never taken drugs in her life. Never smoked a cigarette. She has wine from time to time and everything, you know, real 
know, kind of straight laced uh, upbringing and everything. So something like what I was going through and cannabis, it was just all, all wrong and all, you know, all bad. So she got to see what I went through um, and she got to see what cannabis did and she complete, I can't even say the word 180. It's an understatement. I mean, she's so supportive of it. It just, it, it always just, it warms my heart just to hear how on board she is with it. She tells people how much it saved my life. She's, I mean, she's fully supportive. She doesn't look at it differently now. Years ago, if she would have found out how I educate my kids on it, she'd be like, wow, they're, you know, absolutely not. It's so wrong. But she, uh, yeah, my mom's always, I mean, she was the biggest change. My dad's always been, you know, supportive. He's, he uses it himself also for his depression and everything. And, uh, so, but her, for her, she didn't understand it. She never understood the benefits of it. My friends, I mean, yeah, they see what it did for me. So they have no choice but to see that it, it helped. Um, they always have questions about it, you know, like Tim was t- talking about what strain did you use and everything. And at that time, I, I mean, I was getting it from friends, but that's the great thing now is I know exactly what to use. Um, so it can help a lot of other people by, you know, educating them, but I do have, um, you know, a couple family members that are, uh, how do I really put it? Um, not necessarily judgmental towards the, the fact, but they don't understand it. They're, they're not educated themselves yet. Um, and I just, that's all I can say about it is that, you know, they're, they just don't know enough, um, to kind of fully understand what it's doing. They, they've always seen other things as other options, you know, so they still don't believe that this is the end all be all for me or anybody else. But, uh, yeah, for the most part, I mean, everybody's super, super supportive. They know how passionate I am about it. My kids constantly, um, asking me different things. You know, we, we watch shows like I was mentioning before. So yeah, full on support from those around me. I love it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I think that, you know, the family members you talk about who aren't supportive, you're, you're right. It's, uh, it's this really a lack of education, but it's, a it's got to be a, a lack of willingness to admit or to maybe not admit is the right word, but it's this, this understanding that you don't know. Right. Right. This, this acknowledgement of something you don't know about. And so I'm going to go out and I'm going to go out and find out about this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's thinking. And I guess that's kind of judgmental to say, yeah, if you, if you don't, if you don't think cannabis can be medicine, then you think, you know, but it, but kind of, you really don't. Yeah. Right. They do, and You've they got don't be willing. I, yeah. To these learn. are the same people that are the wine versus weed kind of things. You know, they partake quite a bit in the alcohol and see that as, Hey, you know, that's, it's right. What I'm doing, it's legal what I'm doing. Well, it's also legal what I'm doing also. But mm-hmm. this is something that's new that you guys have seen taboo for so long. Um, and I try to, you know, I, I I don't like to get in debates too much, but I mean, it's, it's something that I will always debate people on. I feel, I feel like I'll always stick up for cannabis and I can argue with everybody, but it, what good does it really do for somebody who doesn't really want to learn themselves? Alcohol, you look up top 10 dangerous drugs in the world. Alcohol will be top three in every single list that you find. You will never see cannabis close. But to yet, alcohol lists. is legal. <laughs> but it's legal. Yeah, but, but yet yet alcohol legal. is legal. Do you feel like you know? I mean, to turn this a little bit, um, do you feel like there's some danger to excessive cannabis use? Do you feel like people can get into into t- using too much 
and really not be good for their health. Do you feel like you you ever got into that spot? Uh, great question. I don't feel that I've ever really got into it uh, myself. I do. I'm a firm believer in that it's it's really not for everybody. But at the same time, I kind of fight that it's not for everybody because. I think for the person that tries something that experiences something bad, whether it's high anxiety, um, paranoia, I mean, you just hear all these stories where it's just a terrible experience or they use it in excess and something kind of changes. I just, I think those people need to be educated on what they're using and maybe find out, like we were talking about, what works best for them. Maybe you're taking a 30% when you don't need a 30%. You need something lower. Maybe you don't even need THC. Maybe you just need CBD. I understand people play with cannabis as it's like alcohol, so people will partake in it just for fun. But at that time, at that point, also, it's still good to educate yourself on what you're using. Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't go to the bar and just say, "Hey, just give light me, me up. Yeah, just yeah, give me whatever. Don't. Give you me as don't. much as. Give me three hits of that. Exactly. Great. Yeah. You're great right? example. You, you <laughs> order a drink because you you know what's in it. You, you know, want the taste. Exactly. You want the, Yes. Right, it's the same. It's got to be the same with cannabis from a recreational standpoint, right? Absolutely, you got to know what Absolutely. you're doing. Absolutely. And I, I bring that question up because I do think, like in my opinion, there is an excess to cannabis use. I think people can use too much. I've definitely met some patients who, in my opinion, they use too much. I mean, if you're using a gram a day and you don't have like serious cancer pain or something, man, I mean. Lowering your tolerance could be beneficial to your health. Right. So, so this balance, right? Cannabis is a cannabis is a substance. The endocannabinoid system is a system that tries to find that balance. Of course. That's really what we're trying to do with medical cannabis is we're trying to bring the body back to homeostasis, that evenness. And so I think that in any case, and the the Mormon Church is really into this with the word of wisdom. And that is finding this balance, no excess. Right? Correct. So I don't know, I'm, I'm getting a little on my soapbox here, but I no, think no. you can use too much. But on the other hand, educating yourself about what to use and how to use it, that's okay. That's a, that's a good thing for people. Absolutely. Anything can be used in, the, in, in excessive points. I mean, it's it's it comes down to personal control at that point but yeah i mean i 100% agree that people need to know exactly what they're using because that's when i think it can get out of control and out of hand i mean it doesn't even become medicine at that point you know you're just right you're just rolling the dice and just figuring out hey let's see where this goes and let's see where it takes you just like you said you know here bartender fill me up you know <laughs> you know nobody does that <laughs> right so. you don't know what it's even <laughs> surprise me yeah. right yeah, surprise nobody me does that. that's a that's a bad idea Absolutely. yeah that's a bad idea for no matter what no matter what you do. Absolutely. So how do you get, so now you've, you've come all this way, you know, what's next for Derek? Because I know you're, you're really now working in the industry. Yeah, I right? am. And I mean, is uh, that what's next? Yeah, it's, it's a blessing. I mean, I, I don't even feel that I go to work every day now. I, I, I truly don't. And I know that it's, it's a blessing all around. I mean, my kids see this excitement. My fiance sees this new side. I mean, it's just, What's next for me is just to keep on going, keep educating myself, and I I would love to continue to help educate other people as to, like we talked about, it's cannabis is not the entrance drug. It is the exit from a lot of things. I mean, and 
people need to look at it different. So um, what's next for me? I, I, the sky's the limit with this. I, I truly feel more at home being in this industry than I've ever felt in anything in my life. Um, I mean, you can ask my dad. <laughs> it's been a struggle for him. I've had every job underneath the sun trying to find my way, you know, trying to find my home. And uh, this is it. So, I mean, I'm just going to continue to grow. Uh, no pun intended or pun intended because I might, I may be growing one day. So. But uh, yeah, I just, I know that this is something that is, it's beneficial for me in so many ways other than just being a medicine. I love being around it. I love educating people. I love what you guys do. I mean, this type of podcast is so needed to educate people from, I mean, all stories that you guys have, you know, business people to patients to whoever. I mean, everybody needs to tell their story about how this has helped, changed, shifted, done anything in their lives because this is a life-changing situation. And being in the industry itself is life-changing for me. Um, This is a career. You know, this is not a job to brag about. I'm not just a pothead trying to make a point i'm you know i'm here to help heal and educate and and show people that it works because i wouldn't be here having this conversation with you great fellows if uh if it wasn't for cannabis it's a fact i'm I'm grateful for cannabis you know i'm glad to be sitting here here with you chatting and finding out your story man i appreciate it are you on Instagram? Can any of our listeners connect with you like through Instagram or anything? Or yeah, do you have a website? Actually, by, or what? To, how? Let's t- share some of that information. Yeah, I am on Instagram. Um, it's DJ underscore Deuce, uh, D-E-U-C-E 801. Um, one of my other passions, DJ and stuff. So uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram. And uh, like I mentioned, anybody who's kind of going through, you know, the uh, the struggles, you know, can definitely reach out. I'm always happy to uh, to lend an ear to help out. Yeah, I'm going to get you on our um, on our Facebook patients group if that's okay. Absolutely. And then um, you know at UtahMarijuana.org, we've got a Facebook group, a patients group uh, that people can reach out to others and and kind of you know just get a sense of what this is like for somebody else. Get a little bit of back and forth. I think a lot of people. They need that here. There's a little bit of isolation here, especially, uh-huh. you know, you don't want to go talking to your neighbors in some cases. Yeah, it's hard. Right? It's it, it's hard to reach out. I, I, it was hard for me. <laughs> I kind of had to reach out to my inner self and have that conversation with me. But uh, yeah, I'm always here um, for anybody who kind of needs the help. Yeah, cool. So glad I brought you on the podcast or that yeah. we brought you on the podcast. Here, yeah, you know? the and, take and, two. The take two. Yeah, I mean, I know it's been a couple of times. I mean, last last week we tried, but my internet was out. I it's apologize about that, it's man. It's all good. I, I like the take two. The number two is very synonymous in my life, so it just it fits now. So I'm mm-hmm. happy. <laughs> very cool. Well, anything else you want to ask him, Tim, or anything else you want to bring up, Derek, before we wrap this episode up or – Anything? No, you know, I think I'm good. Again, congrats to the one year. You guys, you guys are doing Thank an you. amazing thing. I literally can't get enough of this podcast and listening. And shout out to everybody who's been on here. Um, I mean, I, I enjoyed all the stories all across and always looking forward, forward for more. Maybe eventually one day we can get everybody together and we can all just have a we big giant a, vape together, yeah. right? Hey, that'd be awesome. <laughs> right? I was going to say pass around a joint, but we can't do that here in Utah, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, I'm thinking hey, 420, 2022. Oh, <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> maybe um, another. Man, we better have a big 420 party when... Yeah, 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 we yes, should. we should. We got just a, just a little while longer. 
<laughs> Very cool. And everybody can go listen to all the other episodes of the podcast at utahmarijuana.org slash podcast. You can listen to them right on the website or you can subscribe to the podcast in whatever podcast app you listen to all your other podcasts in. And leave a review if you haven't left a review in uh, Apple Podcasts or how, wherever you listen to podcasts. Anything else you guys want to say or or uh, let's wrap this episode up and, and uh, go on with our lives, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Well, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Of course. Shout out to everybody in the industry, everybody in my work. You know who you are. You guys have a great night. Keep on doing what you're doing. Stay safe out there, guys.